All right, well, today's scripture reading comes from uh, the first letter to Timothy, chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 through 9, and we're going to read this in the ESV. There are ESV Bibles in the back. If you want to grab one, you can grab them on the way in from service. You can just go back there right now and grab one if you want, if you're here in person. Um, And we encourage you to find the scripture. Uh, We're going to read it all together in a moment. Uh, If you're joining us from home, uh, we we do project the scripture, but sometimes it's kind of hard to to read on a small screen. So you might want to look that up on your own. Again, that's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And we ask that uh, if you're here in person or if you feel comfortable doing this at home, that you please stand as able for the reading of God's word. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, today's message is called Training in Godliness. And I have to say that I've kind of thought of uh, these summer messages as things that I needed to be reminded of. Me, Pastor Steve, you know, things that maybe I know on some level, but it's just kind of slipped a little bit. And this is one of those things. Um, for me, uh, learning about this idea of training, training over trying, has been very, very important in my spiritual life. And so it kind of goes like this. Like, there's so many things that, you know, we try to do. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of people try to do it by willpower. And so one of the things that uh, I have learned from uh, some people uh, like Dallas Willard, and uh, uh, there are some other folks too who uh, it, it have been very instrumental in teaching me about spiritual disciplines and why those things are important. I used to think of them as a burdensome thing, something that I just ha- had to like check off the list and say that I did it, you know. But instead, to think of it as a way to gain power and freedom in Christ to do the things that I cannot normally do. So think of it like this, like there might be commands in scripture, and we sometimes just think that we have to do it by willpower, you know, something like, you know, don't be angry or something like that. And so we're like, oh, don't get angry, you know, but then something happens and it just, the anger comes out. You, You almost couldn't help it, right? Because there's something in your flesh that is used to doing that, and it's just, it's become a habit that you've learned how to do that over and over. You've learned how to fly off the handle in certain situations with certain triggers, right? There might be other things like love your neighbor or love your enemy or forgive, you know, folks. And, you know, for a lot of us, those things are so hard if you just try to do it by willpower. Almost everything in the life of Christ is like that. And so this idea that we're not supposed to try, we're supposed to train. And so um, I, I heard someone ask this question once that, that I thought was very interesting. Uh, he asked this group of people, it was a bunch of Christians, and, and he asked them, how many of you right now just like could run, not walk, but like seriously run a marathon right now, that 26.2 miles, you could just do it right now? How many of you? 
I want to ask you guys, for those who are in person, and if you're at home, I mean, you can raise your hand, but I can't see it. But for the people here, how many of you, um, I, I know there's at least a couple of you, actually, uh, and there's a reason for that. But how many of you think that just 26.2 miles, just right now, we got up and we just left this church, and you could do it. You could run, not walk, 26.2 miles. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, I was sure there'd be at least one. No one's raising their hand. Okay, now how about this? Okay, so you can't do it just by trying. So, so like, like, what if I told you, like, okay, just try really hard. Try really, really hard. Right? You're going to get tired, but I want you to dig down deep. Okay, now, now, you trying your best. How many people can run 26.2 miles right now? The answer didn't change, right? Now, how about this? What if we trained? What if every day, like, we started? Maybe some of you, like, just running from here to the door, you're already winded, right? You're already done, right? That's, that's okay. Day one, we just run from here to there. Day two, we run twice as far. Day three, we run even farther. You know, maybe some of the days, like, we, we realize, oh, I'm getting tired, and we just have to slow our pace a little bit. And we did that over a period of a year. You know, maybe, you know, we started with some 5Ks or something like that. We trained for that. And then we get a little bit better, and then we do a 10K, right, after a few months. And then eventually, after a year, how many of you think a, a training, uh, a, after training for an entire year, like in this very kind of systematic way, how many of you think you could run, not walk a marathon? Wow, you guys are not confident in yourselves. <laughs> Honestly, I think you could. I have seen people who are like 40, 50 years old, and a lot of you are, not everyone, but a lot of you are way younger than that. I know you can. I actually know you can. That you have that within you. You could actually run, not walk a marathon if you trained. You couldn't do it by direct effort. And that's one of the points that I think that we sometimes miss in the Christian life, is that training is so important. And there's so many things like that, that maybe some of you have tried to like lift a heavy weight. You couldn't do it at first, but if you do it every day, if you learn how to train in the right way, then you get them gains, right? You get bigger, you get stronger, right? It gets easier. And it's not just by direct effort. If you just go to the gym right now and you try to do, I, I don't know the weightlifting terms. This sounds like a weightlifting term, clean jerk. Uh, is that something? You, you just try to pick up this like, you know, 200, 300 pound weight right away. Probably some of you are going to get hurt, right? But if you train, you will get stronger. You will get better. And it is true in the spiritual life. But also, uh, sorry, it's true in the physical life, but what the scripture tells us is that it's even more valuable in the spiritual life. But look at what it says. It says, for while bodily training is of some value, and so this is a concession. Yes, bodily training is of value, right? Any habit you can learn. Right? And there's so many ways to learn about habits, like getting up in the morning or you know, exercising or meditating or you know, going for a walk. These things can be of value. Of course they are. But it says godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Did you know that you were meant for eternity, friends? Right? You're not just meant for this world. You're going to live forever. Right? And this idea that you take that godliness with you, isn't that cool? It's kind of cool to think that the things you're depositing in this life, they keep going. Well, the physical things are going to kind of fall away, right? 
And that's kind of good if some of you, you, you learn, I mean, some of you are younger and, you know, it, it just feels like, you know, your bodies are so strong, right? But at a certain age, our bodies start breaking down a little bit. And all that physical training you put in, you can't take with you. But the spiritual training, you can, right? That, that you are training for an eternity with God, right? An eternity with the community of God. You're not going to be alone up there, right? In so many ways, the godliness that we are training for in this life, it is of great value for this life and the next. And by the way, for this life, you're not just training so that you can impress God or so you, so you can get into heaven, right? We know that what earns you the right to be with God is what Christ has done for you, amen? That was one for you on the cross. You're not doing that. So all of the things that we're doing, when you crack open a Bible, when, when you're praying, you're not doing that to earn God's favor anymore. It is finished, right? Like all of that, 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 that kind of balance keeping of sin and, and trying to do the right thing and, and trying to uphold the law, all of that was fulfilled in Christ. Amen? It's so important, friends. So what we are doing now, this is supposed to be of value to you, right? It's good for you, right? It sounds so weird, and it's not meant to be selfish because God wants good things for you. And so if we learn to train in godliness, it's going to be of great value. And it says this, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. So now I want to go back to the first part of the passage that we read today, um, because I think this is important. Um, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. What, what, what is... Uh, Paul talking about here. What, what he's talking about is that there were a community of, of so-called Christ believers that were starting to get like really legalistic about things. And they started to tell people like, hey, you know, good Christians don't marry. I know that sounds weird now, but, but there were people like that, right? Or you, you, you have to like, you're not supposed to eat that kind of meat, right? And they were being like really, really legalistic and rigid about things. And first of all, Paul was like, hold up, hold up. That's not really biblical. Like, where are you getting that from, right? But in many ways, he's like, what is this spirit that's happening to us where we are just getting, like, so uptight about, like, like, like how we can be holy or how we can be good? And so he says this thing that might seem to, to some of you like, like it's, it's obvious, but if you think about it, in the spiritual realm, do we really think this? For everything created by God is good. Everything? Whoa, whoa. That seems like pretty wild, right? But, but he says, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So there's this idea that we have so many things in this life that can be good. If it is received with thanksgiving. So how about this? What is the opposite? If it's not received with thanksgiving, then maybe it's not so good for us. At least not good for us. It is good because God created it. Right? But how about this? When we read the Bible, when we pray, when we do these things, and it's not with thanksgiving. Instead, it's a burden. You feel like you're a bad Christian. You're a bad person if you don't do it. It becomes this heavy weight. Is that good? Is that with thanksgiving? No. 
So many of us, friends, I think we think of training, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, we think of it in this way. Even the word discipline has been co-opted and it's become a negative thing. When you hear the word discipline, what do you think of? You think of someone with a, a ruler, just like pounding the ruler. Hey, what's wrong with you? You think of, of your parents punishing you, right? And, and so discipline, it was not meant to be that. Discipline is what disciples do, right? You see that in the word? A disciple is a student. You're training. A discipline is just something you do regularly so that you can do things that you could not do by direct effort. You couldn't do that thing by just trying, right? You couldn't be patient. You couldn't be kind. The godliness was not coming out of you. But by training, that starts to become a part of you. And maybe it becomes natural to be joyful. It becomes natural to be loving. It becomes natural to be patient because you have the spirit within you, right? Spiritual discipline, spiritual training. And this is supposed to be a good thing, right? So, yeah, not everything that that we, we have seen in the church has become good for us. But this idea for everything by created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. These are going to be the two hallmarks of our spiritual disciplines. Almost all of them are going to involve some, some, some form of those two things, right? The, 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 the word of God and prayer, right? You guys know this. Read your Bible and pray, right? But look at what it says. It says, everything you have been given is good. If you're receiving it with thanksgiving, and if it involves those two elements, prayer and the word of God, you got freedom here. This is the way I read this passage, right? And so, friends, I don't think that what Paul is saying is that you all have to do the same kind of quiet time for the same amount of time, right? In the same way. Some of you, kind of feel like, oh, it's more spiritual to do it this way, but not according to Paul. All of it is good if you receive it with thanksgiving, if you're doing it joyfully, if you're doing it like feeling like grateful, God, thank you for giving this to me. And so we're going to talk about these different ways that we can train. But one of the things that I've realized, friends, is that there were things that I was doing just because it felt like the spiritual way to do it. And so I'll tell you, uh, a lot of you guys know this. I don't physically read a lot of books anymore. I listen to them, right? And even the Bible, a lot of times I'm listening to the Bible. I have an audio Bible that I listen to all the time. I have heard some people claim, I haven't heard these preachers directly, but I've heard some preachers either jokingly or seriously being like, it is more spiritual to have a physical Bible. Where do you see that? And by the way, it's not biblical. You know how I know it's not biblical? Because they didn't have physical Bibles, right? People didn't have a Bible that was bound with them. How did they receive the word of God? You know how they did it? They listened, right? They went to the synagogue and somebody read the word of God, right? And so very rarely does it say read the word of God because people wouldn't have had a physical Bible, right? That doesn't mean that reading the word of God is bad, but let's just be honest. Let's, let's understand the context. So what does it often talk about when it talks about scripture? It says, 
meditate on the word of God because they knew you wouldn't have a physical Bible. So they're like, remember it, recall it, turn it over in your mind. That idea of meditating, it's like a, 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 a cow chewing the cud, right? Getting that grass and it's kind of, you can't ingest it right away. So it just has to chew on it over and over. And that's what you're supposed to do with the word of God. So they would listen. They're at the synagogue and someone would read it out loud and they're like, oh, I want to remember that. And so throughout the day, they're working in the fields or they're walking from place to place. They didn't have a lot of time to just sit down and do nothing. But if you're walking from here to the marketplace and it's like 10, 15 miles, you could turn over the word of God in your mind over and over and over. And we have this great blessing. I'm really thankful for it. We have cell phones and you have a Bible in your pocket all the time. Instead of saying, well, that's not the spiritual way to do it. I need a leather-bound King James Bible, which would not have existed in biblical times. Why don't I receive this and say, God, thank you. Thank you that I had this amazing technology. That's this Bible in my pocket, and I can listen to it on the way to work, right? That's what we're talking about, this freedom. We can receive it with thanksgiving. It's made holy by the word of God and prayer. Um, there's something else I do sometimes when I'm reading scripture. And again, some of you are going to judge me. Or, like, if you don't judge me, I would have judged me if I was your age. Um, I played this video game that, that, that it's called um, College Hoops 2K8. So that was made 2007, 2008, right? I've been playing this game for 15 years. I'm pretty good at it, right? And when I play it, it's just mindless. Sometimes when I want to, uh, like, listen to a book... Christian book or whatever book, sometimes the Bible, I just sit down and I play this game mindlessly and I listen to the Bible. Okay, that doesn't seem very holy, right? But look at what the scripture says, right? It says, everything created by God is good. (laughs) Nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. God, thank you that I have this ability to play this game and it's not distracting. And I can just do this mindlessly right? And it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. I'm doing it prayerfully. I'm doing it. It's not an excuse to play a game, right? But it's a way for me because I'm so restless, because I can't sit still. I'm doing something with my hands, and then I'm just receiving the word of God. Do you think you have the freedom to do that, to try to find out different ways you can train? Right? This is what it says. If you put these things before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed, having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness because we know godliness is of great value for this life and the next right? I mean, friends, there are so many things that we are ingesting. And I'm not here to judge you. I know that we live in this world and, you know, there's a lot of good things that you can receive that can be good for you. So I, I don't necess- I'm not a, a person to think that all of our entertainment is of no value. But it's not of the same value, right, as the godliness, right? And a lot of us, we are being trained to look at silly things. You guys have heard me talk about how our phones are designed. They are designed. I mean, there are brilliant people who have designed these things to just steal your attention 
and to try to get your attention and all the pings and the beeps and would you like to enable notifications so we can keep bothering you and so we can keep ingesting these things uh, so, so you can keep ingesting these things and we can keep feeding you what we want to feed you and a lot of us we so easily give over that control I'm not telling I'm not trying to judge you but it's a little silly right it's a little silly I, I don't know, friends, what the equivalent would have been back then, but I wonder, you know, some of these things that we, we don't really understand anymore, having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, some of the things like, hey, have you heard of this one cool trick that you can do? Have you heard of this life hack? Maybe some of these things are kind of silly myths, right? These things that we pay attention to have nothing to do with these things. Rather, train yourself for godliness. It is of great value. And friends, I want to give you just... Some advice. I already told you, you have great freedom. If you want to find a way to ingest the word of God and to pray, to be with God, and it is of value to you, and you find that you're doing it with thanksgiving, and it is at the center of it is not the other thing you're doing, but at the center of it, it's like an avenue. It's like a spoon. It's a plate to get the word of God into you. Then do whatever. Do whatever, right? As long as it is, you know, God glorifying, right? And it's getting the word of God into you and it's helping you to commune with God in prayer, right? Does that make sense? Did I say anything like, like, did I go over, did someone want to challenge me and be like, no, Pastor Steve, you need a leather-bound Bible. (laughs) But does that make sense? We have freedom. All right, so I want to share with you some things that I've learned that have been helpful for me. Take it or leave it, we have great freedom. This was not meant to be a legalistic thing, right? We have great freedom, but I just have learned that these things have been helpful. Just some principles. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do, but I'll tell you some of the things I've learned to do. Um, So one thing that I would say, um, and and I think especially in this time, that I have found that um, my habits have kind of loosened a little bit over time. So I just got back from vacation in California, and when, when I go on vacation, man, the habits sometimes just go out the window. And I think a lot of us are in this time where just a lot is changing in society. I, I heard this, uh, I, I read this article uh, just a couple days ago about this idea that there were certain um, moratoriums that like, like cities would pass on laws. And they called them pande- pandemic era um, you know, uh, uh, moratoriums or something like that. The pandemic era laws. And, and so I thought about that. I was like, pandemic era? That was like a year ago, right? Like it wasn't that long ago. Like what was that, 2020 to 2023? So they're talking about this like it's a different era. We're in a different time. You know, and maybe for some of you it was like that. Maybe for some of you during the pandemic, you actually did learn to read the Bible because you had nothing else to do, you know? And you're like, shoot, I've been talking about reading this Bible all this time. And so you started doing it, you know? And now that... Things have changed and, you know, like, like we're kind of back to normal, so to speak. Maybe that habit has loosened a little bit for you. Or maybe it was actually the opposite. Maybe the pandemic shook up your routine where you had things that you used to do and you're not doing them anymore. Or some of you, you just never had the habit. <laughs> Life is just so tumultuous and you always think that you want to have it, but you've never been able to do it, Right? I, for one, have found that just over time, for so many Christ followers, this is why I'm preaching this sermon today, is that these habits that we form, they can just loosen over time, 
right? Like, we don't want to be legalistic, and sometimes you're on vacation. It's like, oh, I don't have that time to pray because we, we got to go sightseeing or we got to make the most of this time. We only get to be in California, you know, once in a while, so I'm going to pray later, right? And, and maybe just over time, that's been true of you. Your, your, your habits have loosened a little bit. And this is one that has loosened a lot for me. And so I've been trying to. I'm sharing this as somebody who is not doing this perfectly. But what I used to do was first thing in the morning, I would try to begin it by ingesting the word of God. Now, for me, like reading the Bible was kind of hard. So I would recite either Psalm 23 or the Lord's Prayer first thing in the morning. And, and the reason for that is I wanted to set my day uh, on the right things. Instead of setting my day, which is what I normally do, is I grab my phone and I check my email. Right? I'm not going to make you raise your hands. Right, We're not here to shame you. But I think for a lot of us, I, I don't know about you, but it's just, it's like a habit. right? I don't even mean to do it. I don't even think about doing it. When I was at that retreat in Northern California, I had no uh, cell signal at all in the cabin that I was sleeping in. And that morning... Uh, the first morning that, that I woke up in that cabin, I reached for my phone three times. I already told you there's no cell signal. After the first time, you would think like, okay, it's not working, Steve. You know, put it away. And then I'm like sitting there in bed and, oh, that's right. <laughs> the third time, I'm like, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I need to tighten up this habit, right? And so, friends, now because I've mentioned it, maybe tomorrow... You'll think about it. When you grab your phone automatically, like you always do, and you check whatever app you like to check, you check the weather, you check your email, you open that cell phone game, you know, I don't know, you try to see how many Pokemon you caught in your sleep, you know, there's actually a game like that now, but, <laughs> right, and you do these things, and maybe tomorrow morning you'll remember, and you'll be like, oh, that's right, Pastor Steve mentioned something about this. Let's just put this down, and let's start training first thing in the morning I want to spend with the Lord. I want to spend ingesting the word of God. I'll just take a moment to be still, and maybe you could say the Lord's Prayer. Again, you have great freedom. Maybe you want to go to the Bible app. They usually have a verse of the day. You're going to read and meditate on the verse of the day, first thing in the morning, right? So that's one thing that I would do. First thing in the morning, develop a routine, just something really easy. And I want to stress, make it easy. In the same way that if you try to train for that marathon and the first day you try to run 10 miles, I guarantee day two, you're not going to do it. Day two, you're going to be like, this is too hard. And this happens to us all the time in, when it comes to spiritual disciplines. You know, you, you go overboard. Like the first day, you're like, I'm going to read all of the Gospels. And the second day, you're like, for some reason, I don't want to do it anymore. Why? You overdid it. You lifted too much. You ripped some tendons, right? You did some harm to yourself. So start gentle right? Seriously, it will take you maybe 30 seconds to read that verse of the day. That's it. But that 30 seconds was 30 seconds the day before you were not spending with the Lord, right? And by the way, it's the first thing you're doing. It's not going to solve all your problems. You're not going to instantly be like Jesus Christ, right? But you're setting a foundation. You're training, right? Just like me running from here to that door, I'm not going to be able to run a marathon yet, but I started. I started my training, right? Okay, second thing I would recommend is use silence and solitude. And I try to find a picture for this because I like to put pictures with my points. But this seemed like a good picture, right? Because silence and solitude is about nothing, right? 
Okay, there's a couple reasons why I think silence and solitude are important. One is we have so much noise, right? We have so much noise going on. And if you want to be with the Lord, if you want to learn how to pray, that being silent and getting away from other sources of noise are going to be very important. That's what solitude is. You're getting away from other sources of distraction, other sources that are trying to input things into you. Get away from those things so that you can receive the word of God, right? And this is the thing. A lot of us, when we start reading the word of God, we already have all of this stuff inputted into us, right? We already have all these thoughts and worries and fears and spirits that are leading us. And we cannot receive the word of God in that spirit. It's like the seed trying to go into the soil. I, I just, just kidding, I did get a, a picture. <laughs> it's like the good soil, right? What was the good soil? The soil? The good soil was the one that did not impede the progress of the word of God, right? The word of God was able to go and clean, and it was able to stay there. But the, the other soils were not good because they either interrupted the seed from getting into the soil, or they choked it out. Because there was just too much going on. The thorns, the worries, all of these things were choking out the word of God. So silence and solitude is like a palate cleanser. It's a way of of just clearing your mind and getting rid of all of these things so that you can be with the Lord and you can receive that input from the Lord, right? And so it is kind of the baseline practice. It is the fundamental setting stone for all of your spiritual practices, Begin with a little silence and solitude. If you wake up in the morning and before you read the word of God, you're a little jittery, right? You're like, oh, but I really want to check my email. I feel like I'm already late. Just take a moment, just 30 seconds. Can you just 30 seconds, maybe one minute. Just be still. Just just take a deep breath. Maybe just say, Jesus. Jesus, I give you everything. Jesus, I give you everything. Just 30 seconds, one minute. And then read the word of God. 30 seconds, one minute, right? Another thing silence and solitude does is it humiliates your spiritual ego. What do I mean by that? Because a lot of times when you start doing spiritual things, your ego will start congratulating you, being like, oh my gosh, look, we're doing it. We're reading the Bible. I'm so holy. Oh my gosh, I'm so spiritual right now. I know it sounds silly, but I promise you, this happens so often especially to us in the church. Like, am I the world's greatest small group leader? I think I am, because I'm reading the word of God, right? And silence and solitude, it's nothing. There's nothing for your ego to hold on to. It feels like doing nothing. And so your ego can't congratulate itself. It can't use that to build yourself up, to make you feel proud, right? If anything, your ego will be like, what what the heck are we doing? Why are you so still? Come on, come on, let's go do something, right? Don't you want to do something important? And like, no, 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 no. Jesus, I give you everything. I give you everything, right? And so it's humiliating, right? And and it allows for God to come in and and to take the place of that ego and to speak into your life. A third thing that I would highly suggest, because we are busy, because we don't always have that time set aside throughout the day, right? You spend that, that, that moment of silence throughout the day would be good, Right? But you don't always have that time. So what I try to encourage people do, to do is to soak in scripture or soak in songs that are biblical or, or bring you into the presence of God to help you connect in prayer. Right? And so you don't always have to pray like 
Father God, I thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's good if you can do that. But prayer is really about connecting to God, right? And so sometimes, have you guys ever heard like a really good praise song? You started listening to the lyrics and you just felt like you were in the presence of God. Sometimes you're just like, oh, thank you, Lord. Or it's just like tears are rolling down your face or whatever, right? Like, it may not happen every single time. But that idea is that we want to be in the presence of God, right? All of these things, that, that they are good. If they're received with thanksgiving, if they're washed by what? The word of God and prayer, right? And so throughout the day, if you want to take, uh, you know, listen to a, a praise songs, right? And just listen to them throughout the day when you're in the car and you let that bring you into the presence of God. Maybe take a moment before you turn it on or during the song. Sometimes I'll do this. I get a little distracted. I find my thoughts are running. I'm not listening to the song anymore. So what what do I do? I turn it off and I'm just still before God. Jesus, I give you everyone and everything. Just take a deep breath. Just be still. Just let those thoughts do whatever they do. Just let them settle down. And then turn the song back on. You can do that with the Bible. What I'll do is, um, uh, by the way, there's another one that I I think goes along really, really well. Um, Add nature to your godliness training. Um, It's just something that I think can be very, very helpful. I hear so many people, they feel so connected to God when they're in nature. So combine it, right? Have your quiet time outside. Read the Bible outside. Go for a walk. And then instead of like listening to music or whatever podcast that we usually listen to, like just turn on the Bible, right? I, I, I've already said this, that um, I get kind of fake mad at the people who made the Bible app because I paid good money for my audio Bible that I paid for on Audible, right? Paid like $15 for it. And it's really good. The ESV one, it's like, like the person reading it, it's like really nice, But the Bible app, it's the same one they have on there, and it's free. It's free. It's the same one Pastor Steve paid for. (laughs) I will say it's kind of nice because if you're in a place that doesn't have Wi-Fi, you know, or it doesn't have good good, uh, cell signal, right, that that if you download it, 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 you can just keep going, right, which is kind of nice. But my point is, friends, you have an audio Bible. If you have the Bible app, uh, there's something where, like, you click on it, and it just starts reading the Bible to you right? You guys got your AirPods, whatever. Just go for a walk. Just listen to scripture. You don't have to understand it yet. You don't have to take it apart. There will be times for that, but just listen to it. If it doesn't all go in, that's okay. You're being cleaned. You're being cleaned by the word of God. Just listen to it over and over. There are times where I go for walks and sometimes I lose my train of thought, whatever, but you know, like before I know it, you know, walking for 45 minutes, I've listened to the entire gospel of Matthew. You know, I want to encourage you, if you don't know where to start, start with Matthew and just read the Gospels. Why? Because it's about Jesus, right? And what are we doing? We're training for godliness. I'm not telling you that the law or listening to Leviticus won't help you train for godliness, but it's the old covenant, right, that was fulfilled in Jesus. So why not go straight to the source, at least at first, if, if, if you're more advanced and you want to go back and you just want to get the heart of God and the heart of God, his, his holiness, then by all means, read Leviticus, right? I'm not telling you don't read Leviticus, right? You have great freedom. I'm saying if you're starting out, I would start with Jesus. Why not, right? It doesn't get better than Jesus. So start with Matthew, right? Um, and so um, I, I told, uh, 
I told Mike that I thought this was funny because I used this picture, soaking scripture in song because someone's listening, but they're also doing it in nature. So I was like, I should just use the same picture. Anyways. <laughs> and then the last thing I would say is in the same way that you do something at the beginning of day to set the tone for the day, have a nighttime ritual. You know, something before you go to bed, that you go to bed with the word of God in your mind, that you go to bed feeling connected to God. Some of you have trouble sleeping. And what is the last thing we do? We just have this screen, this bright screen in our face. And we're wonder why, we wonder why we can't fall asleep. You know, um, maybe listen to a praise song before you go to bed. You know, maybe uh, do what I used to do. Um, and, and like I said, I, I need to tighten this. I've lost this habit. But what I used to do was I would get um, tea and I would heat it up. And I would sit down with that tea and open up the Bible and just try to memorize whatever scripture. Um, I was on Romans 8 for the longest time. Um, there's a few that I would recommend if you want to try to memorize scripture. Uh, memorizing scripture is really good because it's like meditating. You're not overly thinking. You're just trying to, to, to you're just playing uh, that, that, that scripture over and over in your mind. And that's how it would encourage you to do it. To not do it as this academic exercise or to see how good your memory is. I mean, I'll be on the same passage for like half a year, you know? And it's okay. It's not about trying to memorize the scripture. It's just trying to meditate on it, right? And so by, by uh, trying to memorize it, it turns off that thing in my brain that's trying to like understand everything and control everything, right? So it works for me. So I'll sit down with that tea, you know, I heat it up for like 90 seconds or whatever in the microwave. And so in the time that it takes for that tea to cool down and, and for me to drink the tea, that's how long I try to memorize. That's it. Like maybe 10 to 15 minutes, right? And then I go to bed, right? I don't know what ritual you want to use or what will be good for you. Again, it's not about being legalistic. There have been times I have trouble sleeping. And so I'll try to do kind of like, you know, meditative prayer in bed while my eyes are closed until I fall asleep. I just like, Jesus, and I take a deep breath. Just any thought that comes in my mind, I just go, Jesus, Jesus. And before you know it, I fall asleep with the Lord. It's kind of nice, right? So friends, these are just some things that you can try to, to uh, incorporate in your life. But again, I want to emphasize freedom and joy, right? All things that God has given you, they're all good if you do it with thanksgiving and if they're washed with prayer in the word of God, amen? So we can use this great freedom that we have for godliness and for joy. It should be your joy to spend time with the Lord. And if it's not, do something else, at least for now. If your routine with God is making you feel like it's a burden and it's legalistic and it's bringing fear out in you, it's bringing out shame, I'm just, I'm telling you, with freedom, with freedom, do something else. Do something else. Form a new habit or find a way to refresh that habit so that your habit is bringing you into the joy of the Lord, that it will be of great benefit to you. Um, Haram, can you come up? I just want to give you a moment, uh, if there's anything that from this message, because I know I'm a forgetful person, right? If there's anything in this message, we'll, we'll go through it real quick. I'm not even going to preach to you, but I'm just going to show you, right? What are these things? If there's something that pinged for you, to just write it down right now in your notes app or, you know, put it in a, a, as a timer in your phone, schedule it, right? Maybe first thing in the morning, what do you want to do? Want to read Psalm 23? I don't know. You have freedom. 
Would, would that be helpful for you? Silence and solitude. You want to schedule some time, you know, for you to just be still with the Lord? That can be first thing in the morning. That can be before you go to bed. I don't know. What about soaking in scripture, song? You know, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, there's that one song. I want to download that. I want to have that on my phone so that I can listen to it throughout the day. You know, or maybe there's a song we sang today. Oh, I want to remember that. I want to look that up later for when I'm driving home or when I'm driving to work. I want to soak in that, right? Uh, maybe there's a time you're like, oh, man, there's a park by my house. I want to try to make it a habit to go there every day. Just walk around. Just soak in the Word of God. Just spend that time with the Lord, right? I want to do something before I go to bed. Friends, whatever it is, I just want to just take a moment to just dedicate that to the Lord. And to say that we have great freedom and joy, precious God, we pray against a spirit of fear, against legality, God, against any kind of shame that would make us feel like like we're less than if we don't do certain things. No, Lord, you have given us freedom and you have given us all of these things, Lord, that we can receive it in thanksgiving and say, God, thank you. I have so many tools at my fingertips that I can grow in holiness, that I can grow to be more like Christ so that the fruit of the Spirit can come pouring out of me. God, I want that. Lord, I know it will be of great value for me in this life and the next, God. So we thank you, God. Whatever we want to give to you, whatever we want to learn how to do, Lord, even if we're not good at it, just like that person learning to run in a marathon, they're probably going to get pretty winded. Maybe they can't go as far as they wanted on day one. But if we keep doing it, Lord, we know it will be of great value, God. There will be great joy. And we are thankful, God, that you have given these things to us. You have given us freedom in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.